This is Bronx Bombers Beat with me, Nate Shelton. Let's get into it. Mixed bag of sorts for the Yankees this weekend. Returning home from a serious sweep at the hands of the Houston Astros last week. Uh, losing all three games in a variety of ways. First game, they battled hard. Got Justin Verlander to raise his pitch count. Did everything they were supposed to do against Verlander, who they always struggle against. We're up 4-1 to one in that first game. And then the bullpen imploded and gave up the lead. And the Astros pulled off the comeback victory. Britain and Ottavino were the culprits in that one as they lost game one of the series. And game two, it was more of the same. This time compounded by base running errors and some bad fielding. Frazier misplaying two balls in the outfield. They were two... Difficult plays, but he had his glove on him, and the rule is if you can glove it, you can make the play. So, should have made the play, he didn't, and that uh, compounded things even more. Also, on top of that, Jose Altuve just playing out of his mind at the plate, hitting home runs in all three games of the series. The third game was not a contest, as the Astros ran away with it 7-2, to two. In the series finale, just all kinds of terrible, bad baseball playing all the way around. Bullpen was a mess. The, uh, like I said, the fielding was not crisp and clean at all. Just really shoddy. And base running on top of that as well. Brett Gardner in game two of the series had a bunt attempt. He apparently thought was foul, did not attempt to run and was thrown out at first base without even so much as trying to get to first base, argued with the umpire that it was a foul ball, but nonetheless, he was called out on that play. So the Yankees were hoping to return home after that tough series with the Astros, which in turn was the first time the Astros had ever swept the Yankees in their franchise history. Granted, they've only been playing baseball against each other since 2003, But, nonetheless, Astros' first sweep of their franchise history against the Yankees. And they returned home to face the Chicago White Sox, who had just been playing some bad baseball themselves. Unfortunately, J.A. Happ's woes continued in the first game of the series, giving up six runs in four innings. Just could not get out of his own way. It was a back-and-forth game, high-scoring, but Jonathan Holder and Chad Green both giving up runs. Chad Green giving up two runs in a third of an inning. His ERA well over 11 after that outing, and Chad Green continues to struggle for the season. A shell of his former self from last year where it was a guaranteed out when he came into the game. Holder as well is struggling. So hopefully those two can find their rhythm again and be the lockdown pitching that they were last year and continue to add to this bullpen's dominance. The game in game one was a rain-shortened game called in the seventh inning, 9-6. to six. Eloy Jimenez, the 
top prospect for the Chicago White Sox, making his rookie debut this year. His first, first two home runs of his young career off of uh, Chad Green and J.A. Happ and powered the White Sox to a victory that should not have happened. It, this should have been an, a sweep for the Yankees. These are the teams you have to sweep or at least win the series against. So they dropped the first game in a rain-shortened game. Sabathia came off the DL in, on Saturday. I'm sorry, the injured list on Saturday after that emergency angioplasty had in January. Came out through five innings of dominant baseball. One hit. This vintage CC Sabathia, whenever the Yankees have needed a solidly pitched game, he comes out and he did it again. His first game of the season. Just I I gotta say this was probably his best baseball we have seen from him. Best pitching we have seen him from him in quite a long time. Making a statement that he's back, and this last year that he is with the Yankees is going to be. He's going to give everything he has for the team. Domingo Herman came in in relief of Sabathia in the sixth inning. Pitched some great baseball. Three innings. Did not give up a hit. He did get the victory. Uh, the Yankees did win 4 to nothing, Due in part to a lot of small ball that was played. Station to station. Getting runners in when they were on base. And it's some beautiful baseball by the Yankees. They're realizing with the way the lineup is built now with all the injuries, and they're not just going to be able to mash the ball over the fence. Mind you, they are still hitting home runs. Aaron Judge had a, a solo home run in that game, but a lot of beautiful you know, run-scoring singles, doubles. Tyler Wade even had a squeeze bunt to score a run in this one. So some vintage baseball if you're an old baseball fan like I am. It was nice to see, especially with all the risps fails the Yankees had last year. They were able to knock some guys in they were on base and not just leave them stranded waiting for that big three-run home run. So beautiful baseball played on Saturday. It looked like the Yankees were going to kind of turn things around and win this series, but unfortunately Tanaka came out in the rubber game of the series. First three innings, three innings he cruised through had six strikeouts, was not allowing a base runner, had, I think, one walk. But then in the fourth inning, the wheels just completely fell off after the Yankees had grabbed a 2 nothing lead off of Rondon, the pitcher for the White Sox. And Sabathia just lost the strike zone completely and then gave up an uncharacteristic grand slam to Tim Anderson, the shortstop for the White Sox. His first ever career grand slam and Tanaka is susceptible to the long ball, but usually he uh, holds them. It's just solo shots that he gives up, and this one was the big one. Just got over the wall and out of Aaron Judge's reach to give the White Sox a 4-2 lead. They would go on to win 5-2. Just some bad baseball again by the Yankees. Anemic hitting showed up again. And the season has continued to be a struggle for the Yankees with 10 guys on the injured list, most of them offensive players that are going to be huge run producers for the Yankees, Aaron Hicks, Stanton, 
and Gary Sanchez just been a struggle to put runs on the board for the Yankees. Speaking of the injury list, stop me if you've heard this one before, but Greg Bird was put on the injury list again on Monday, this time with a tear of his plantar fascia in his left foot around the ankle area. So he is going to be in a walking boot and probably miss at least six weeks, if not more. Um, the injury woes just continue for Greg Bird, and we'll see if he ever lives up to the potential he was hyped up with when he came in his rookie year. Uh, just unfortunately, I hate to say it, but uh, this injury of all of them was more probably addition by subtraction. Just one RBI, batting under 200, one home run, which was the first game of the season in a blowout of the Orioles, an already decided game. So, you know, Luke Voigt, minus his batting average, has been the top run producer for the Yankees this season. So him getting more playing time could only do to serve him better as he has been on base every game this season. That's 20 straight games dating back to last year where he has been on base for the Yankees. So this probably all in all is a blessing for the Yankees kind of make their first base decision a little easier. I hate to say it because, you know, Greg Bird's a great guy. Uh, obviously wants to be on the field producing for the team, but injuries have just derailed a promising career and that continues for him this year. Fortunately, there is some relief in sight for the Yankees soon. Gary Sanchez, Boone says he should return by the end of this month from the calf strain he suffered against the Astros in that first game. They're being a little more cautious with him at this point with the injuries being the way they are. All the, the team is being extra cautious with all the injuries they have. So they're going to let him rest as much as possible. He should be back by the end of April, as well as Giancarlo Stanton, who suffered the bicep strain on April 3rd in the second game of the season against the Orioles. They're, again, being extra cautious with him. Probably would only need one minor league game to get his swing back. So, some promising news, relief, insight for the Yankees. Aaron Hicks, on the other hand, probably will be more middle of May before he is ready to get back for the Yankees. He's just now swinging a bat and doing soft toss. Uh, he'll face some live pitching soon. So live pitching, and then he will do more spring training rehab slash minor league games to get ready for the major league season and get back in shape. That back injury, chronic back problem, has obviously been a problem. And again, the Yankees, like I've said, taking the easy want to get him back to 100% as much as possible so they're working him back slowly uh, some other injury news Batances still working back from those bone spurs uh, he will be out until the end of May at least probably the first of June and still Severino again probably won't be back until I would say the all-star game at the soonest, they're going to make sure his shoulder is 100% and that lat strain hasn't gotten any worse. Here in the next week or so, we'll hear, find out 
the definity of Miguel Andahar's injury, if the labrum terror has healed up at all, they will probably continue to let it heal up more. If it looks like it hasn't healed up much of anything, I would guess they will probably shut him down for the year and have surgery on that labrum to completely repair it and risk further damage. He says that swinging a bat does not give him a problem at all. He feels fine when he swings the bat. It's when he tries to throw a ball that it doesn't necessarily hurt, but there's just no no oomph behind his throw, and it really gives him problems. So if the Yankees really want to risk it um, and feel that his bat is more of a necessity than not being in the lineup, they could probably get away. Well, I, they would definitely be able to get away with playing him as the DH for the year. They have Urshela, who's been playing fabulous third base in his absence, and also LeMahieu to fill in there as well. So the defensive part of third base would not be an issue with him being off the field. The bat would be a plus, but at the same time, you also want him to be 100%. So don't be surprised if the Yankees do opt to go ahead and surgically repair that this year and just call it a lost season for Andahar. Uh, some other news, a forgotten guy for the Yankees, Jordan Montgomery, uh, who had Tommy John surgery last year, is hoping to be returned by the end of June, possibly July. More realistically, it would probably be after the All-Star break. So that would be a huge boost for the Yankees rotation if they can get Jordan Montgomery back this year. Of course, he has been fantastic since he was called up to the big league uh, rotation and just been a great left, left-handed left arm to have in the rotation. Getting him back would bolster an even already pretty strong pitching stuff for the Yankees. Now this Tuesday, the Yankees and Red Sox started a short two-game series. Both teams obviously struggling the, struggling the Red Sox in last place at 6-11, and and the Yankees scuffling at 6-9 and in third place. Uh, it was a Chris Sale versus James Paxton to start the series as of this recording. Uh, Chris Sale, of course, has been struggling all season, 0-3 with a 9 ERA. Uh, point out that he only threw 9 innings in spring training, so he's still technically getting his spring... Uh, his full season body in shape. Uh, the Red Sox did something unusual this year. Figured with the extra wear and tear on the arms due to the postseason run they had, they would start their pitching stuff a little later in the spring training to give their arms a little more rest. Obviously, with the results, that has not benefited them at all. In fact, it's compounded things even more. Uh, sales velocity was topping out at 91 to 93 miles an hour, which if you know anything about Chris Sale, he regularly hits 97, 98 on his fastball when he is on. And definitely not been the case this year. But starting the game against the Yankees on Tuesday, he did top out at 98 miles an hour in the first inning. Was looking really good. I mean, had his breaking ball, the changeup was working. And it was a scoreless game through three, but then the wheels kind of came off for him. He gave up some back-to-back hits. Talkman had an RBI double 
and it was three to nothing Yankees in the fourth inning. And James Paxton was just absolutely brilliant. Had 12 strikeouts, only gave up two hits, two doubles. Had a little bit of trouble in the fourth inning. He walked Mookie Betts, and then Xander Bogarts hit a double with second and third with nobody out. Worked out of the jam with a line out, a fly out, and a strikeout of the heart of the order with Martinez, Steve Pierce, and Jackie Bradley Jr. So got out of that jam, and that was pretty much it for James Paxton. 12 strikeouts, two hits, pitched eight innings, absolutely brilliant baseball. In fact, it was the best pitch game probably by a Yankee against the Red Sox since Mike Messina's near-perfect game in 2001 when he pitched eight and two-thirds innings of perfect baseball until Carl Everett had that RBI single up the middle to end that. But the two hits and 12 strikeouts is the first time a Yankee pitcher has done that against the Red Sox. So that tells you the kind of game that James Paxton had, especially after his last start against the Astros when he was all over the place and gave up six runs in that game. He said that uh, after Carlos Beltran showed him that he was tipping off pitches and on his knuckle curve at second base, the Astros players figured out they could see when he was getting ready to throw the knuckle curve. But after that, he even went, he has a psychologist that he sees regularly and just kind of talk things through with with them and what he is capable of. He went back and watched game film of himself against the Red Sox and saw how aggressive he was to start off and knew he had to uh, replicate that in this start. Again, yesterday before the game started, he had talked with a psychologist just to reaffirm what he saw in the game film, and he came out throwing hard. First inning, 98, 97 miles an hour, and that fastball was just popping. Everything else followed suit after that. They couldn't catch up to the fastball, and then later on, as the game progressed, he threw more breaking stuff, and you saw all those swings and misses from the Red Sox. Just brilliant baseball. This is exactly what Brian Cashman envisioned when he traded for Paxton in the offseason. So that was a big sign of things to come for Yankee fans from James Paxton. But on top of that, again, more small ball from the Yankees in this roster. Like I said, Talkman had an RBI double. Mayhew had an RBI single. But then Chris, uh, Clint Frazier had a solo home run off of Sale in the fifth inning, and that was it for Chris Sale. He was done, gave up four runs in his ERA, still sitting at 850. It did go down, but... Just his fastball has been flat, and he once the, the uh, Yankee hitters figured that out, they just kind of waited for that fastball and teed off on it. And the struggles continue for him. The big surprise, though, was Mike Talkman, a three run home run in the seventh inning off of Erasimo Ramirez, his first career home run as a major leaguer, a three run jack. And if you had said Talkman was going to be a major run producer in a game this year. Everybody will laugh to you because career-wise, his numbers have been in the negative uh, for win replacements, but it was by far his best game in the big league this year. A total of four RBIs. Glaber Torres also got in on the fun with a solo home run 
in the eighth inning. So the Yankees routed the Yan- the Red Sox eight to nothing in a laugher, which for everything that has been going on this season for the Yankees so far in the short part of the season, it was a game they had to have. They were able to relax. I mean, the bullpen got an extra day of rest on top of the day off. Joe Harvey pitched the ninth inning to finish up the game for James Paxton. Just all around, a huge weight lifted off the Yankees, I think, to get to show that the world is not ending. They are a good team. They just play within themselves. They realize Boone, I believe now, has realized what this team is and can do with the roster they have. And Brian Cashman said it before the game. And, you know, with all the injuries, these guys can still play. They just have to step up and do it. And he's right. They still have, you know, our MVP, the captain, Aaron Judge, in there. He's starting to round into form a little more each game. Had a couple of singles and nearly missed a home run in the game against the Red Sox. Still got Clint Frazier, who has been doing good things for the club since he got called up. You got Glaber Torres. Just, you know, there's enough pop in this lineup to produce runs. They just have to step up and do it. And unfortunately, uh, with all the outfield injuries, Brett Gardner has been called on to do a lot more than he was originally supposed to this year when he signed that one-year deal to finish up with the Yankees. He was seen as more of a stopgap day-off fill-in guy this year. And with Stanton and Hicks both being on the injury list, he has had to play regularly. And he has produced at times, and of course he has struggled as well, but he's still got the speed on the base pass, and he can he can fly when he gets on the base. So the Yankees just play within themselves, and his last couple games they've shown they can advance runners and score runs without depending on that monster home run. So maybe this will be a kind of a sign of things to come for the season. I mean, once we get Sanchez, Hicks, and Stanton back along with some other guys, they're going to go back to the uh, home run ball a lot more. I mean, that's the way this team was built, and that's the way baseball is nowadays. But right now, if you know, do we use what you got, you produce runs any way you can. The Yankees are figuring it out. This team gets healthy, they're going to be okay. This the roster is so deep, so many guys on this squad that can produce if they just relax and play within themselves that they'll be all right I mean, obviously Tampa Bay is the cream of the division right now 13 and 4 and leading the division and in fact they could very well win the ALEs this year the way they're playing still a long way to go but with their pitching and if their hitting keeps up they could uh, stay in but the Yankees are not going to go down without a fight. They're going to get guys back. They're going to be in contention. And I wouldn't be surprised if early looking at it early on right now, the, them and the Red Sox would be fighting for that wild card spot if the Rays were able to keep up their good play. So, I mean, we're 17 games into the season. So much more baseball to be played. Yes, the games matter just as much now as they do in July and August, but with your roster pretty much depleted by injuries, the fact that this team is near 500 with 11 guys on the injury list is a testament to, you know, the talent on the team. 
So we'll see what uh, Hap does against the Red Sox in Game Two. He is facing Evaldi, who is Nathan Evaldi, who has struggled as well for the Red Sox, both with an ERA over eight. So we'll see if some home cooking will do Hap good, and he'll try to piggyback off of James Paxton's start last night and try and get that short two-game series sweep of the Red Sox to kind of right the ship and push the Red Sox down a little bit farther and make their claim even that more difficult. They can get past this Red Sox team. They have Kansas City rolling in this weekend. Again, another series they should win and not, in fact, sweep. So you got to win the games. You got these easy games you got in front of you against clubs that are inferior. Take care of that business, and then the rest of the season will kind of follow. It'll be interesting to see how the Yankees do against Kansas City and how they finish up against the Red Sox. Lots of baseball yet to be played. Got guys coming back to rescue the club. Sanchez will be back soon. Stanton will be back soon. So don't press the panic button yet. Just take a deep breath, relax, and everything's going to be okay. Take a take a key from a note from Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers and R-E-L-A-X, relax. There's still over 100 games left to be played, 120. 50, close to 150 games left to be played. I remember this time last year, the Mets were in first place in the NL East at 12-3, and and they ended up winning only 77 games. So this whole landscape of baseball could be completely different in two months. But we'll see how it goes. We'll see if the Yankees can get that sweep of the Royals, and we'll talk about that next week on Bronx Bombers Beat. You're listening to Bronx Bombers Beat with me, Nate Shelton, part of the MTMV Podcast Network. Sports fans rejoice. My team, my voice. Mike check, one, two, one, two. It's your man, Jake Hills, representing my team, my voice, and I'm the host of the number one sports show on the planet, Star Talk, where we talk everything about your team, America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, every Saturday night right here on Anchor, my team, my voice.